Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. The Warriors took game one of the Western Conference Finals against the Dallas Mavericks, smacking them 112 to 87. And I have to say that that was the most locked in I've seen this Warriors team all season long. I've watched every game. I've watched every playoff game. And from the get-go, you know, even though they didn't jump on the Mavs right away, they were active as hell on defense, on offense. They were playing with a purpose. They were playing with intention. And just starting off with that energy is so refreshing compared to what we saw so often versus the Memphis Grizzlies in the second round. Now, there was a lot of balance to this game. The Warriors, they showed how deep they are. Clay and Steph did not shoot well in the first half, but Andrew Wiggins picked them up. And then in the second half and the third quarter in particular, Steph and Clay really took off and they just overwhelmed the Mavericks. Like there were a lot of question marks in my mind about how the Warriors would look and are the Mavericks really, really that good? Now, it's just one game, but it's at least a little bit reassuring to know that these are the Warriors that showed up, right? I talk about the good Warriors and the bad Warriors, and let's face it, when the Warriors have played well, they haven't lost. And when they've played with bad energy, tons of turnovers, and they've shot poorly, they've either lost or barely won. Right. And honestly, like that's true for a lot of teams. Like if you don't play well, but like all these Warriors have to do is play solidly. I have yet to see a team beat the Warriors in the playoffs when they're actually playing their game. You know what I mean? It's only when they are lazy, when they're lacking focus and when they're shooting poorly and when they're throwing the ball all over the gym. This game wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But like, to know that after this extended rest, after game six versus Memphis, that they came out and they executed the game plan and they really, really went for it instead of, you know, potentially coming out flat. That's what my worry was. And I don't think that worry was unfounded considering how some of these iffy starts have been the past couple of weeks. So Props to them. You know, I talked about in the preview, like which team would shoot better. The Mavericks, they play, you know, five out with Luka just dribbling around. And then everybody else (laughs) is a three-point shooter and just waiting for a shot. And, And to be honest, neither team shot great, but by far the Warriors shot a little bit better percentage wise. They were 10 for 29, 34.5%. Whereas the Mavericks, they were 11 for 48, 22.9%. So they were jacking up tons of threes. But what the Warriors did is something that I had also talked about and what I had hoped for was go for a lot of twos, right? If they're going to take away the three-point line, then you better attack. And I can't imagine how refreshing it must have been for Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Steph Curry to drive to the basket or to get the ball under the basket and not see some huge imposing Steven Adams or Jaron Jackson Jr. or Nikola Jokic under there. You know what I mean? So they were just going after it because Steph can always get those mid-range twos and then getting to the bucket in transition or just in half-court offenses. Then you take what the defense has given you. 
overall, the Warriors shot 56% from the field, and most of those are two-point shots. The Mavericks shot 36%. It was a balanced attack where all the starters scored in double digits. Draymond Green had 10, Wiggins 19, Looney had 10, Steph had 21, Clay had 15, and then off the bench, Otto Porter Jr. had 10, and Jordan Poole had 19. Jordan Poole, 26 minutes, 8 for 12, only 1 for 4 from 3, hit both of his free throws, two boards, three assists, plus 15 on the night. Hey, if we're following patterns from the previous two series, then Jordan Poole is going to start this series very strong. He played well and put up numbers in the first three games against Denver and then against Memphis before the teams had to adjust and start covering him, and it slowed him down a little bit. So hopefully in this series, he can also have a good start. It would be great if he could continue it, but just knowing that he can come back after having a couple like mediocre games being on the bench during crunch time in game six and still come after it. I mean, that's huge. And then Andrew Wiggins, man, playoff Wiggins. I've been talking about him for the whole postseason, and, you know, I'm just super impressed. You know, he put up, what, 10 points in the first quarter or something, you know, and he kept the Warriors in it. He was covering Luka. He did an amazing job. And it's great to see him just take his role and just run with it. He hit some clutch basket, some clutch twos, some clutch threes. And his defense on Luka was exactly what they needed to slow him down. And I will repeat this about Andrew Wiggins, right? I said this like an episode or two ago. The simple fact that like D'Lo, that D'Angelo Russell flamed out in the playoffs against the Grizzlies, and the fact that Andrew Wiggins continues to step up just clearly, clearly states to me that the Warriors won that trade and that Andrew Wiggins has been worth having on this team right now. Regardless of his ups and downs during the regular season, he has really just come into his own and taken on every challenge. He doesn't have to be the primary scorer, so he can use a ton of his energy on defense, and he's taken a lot of pride in that defense, and you love to see it. He's actually kind of turning into an Andre Iguodala type without the point guard running the offense type skills, right? Andre Iguodala was a former number one, number two option, high flyer, one-time all-star Olympian who took on the role of a guy who was willing to play defense and not take a ton of shots like he used to and just play his role for the betterment of the team. And Andrew Wiggins is kind of doing that. You know, I'm not saying he is Andre Guadalla. I'm not saying he's going to turn into him. I'm not saying that he's going to stick with the team after his contract is up or whatever, you know. But, hey, it's a credit to the Warriors culture, to Steph for being the most selfless superstar that somebody like Andrew Wiggins can come in there and be willing to take that step back. Possibly because it's part of his nature, you know, to kind of just blend in a little bit and to shy away from the spotlight. And maybe he was never made to be a number one or two option, but it just really, really works. And he's fit in really, really well with his team, honestly, and not to knock D'Angelo Russell, but better than D'Lo would have because D'Lo was a guy who was still, and to this day, is still trying to assert himself and make his mark and stake his claim to where he is in the NBA hierarchy. And I think he's actually pretty low, but Andrew Wiggins, for better or for worse, doesn't really seem to care. If he's your one or two, then I guess that's for worse. But if you need him to be the third or fourth scoring option on the court at any given time, then that's definitely, definitely for better, right? <laughs> 
The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total made threes, total rebounds and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Looking at game two, it's going to be interesting, right? Because the Warriors had a ton of rest coming into game one, and then it's a quick turnaround to Friday to game two. But the Mavericks are the ones who came off of a seven-game series, had just a couple days, and then went through this ringer. And then, you know, both teams, I think, are going to feel some fatigue. But I think it's important that the Warriors come out with the same energy and just basically punch them in the mouth first. You know, Steph said like, hey, you got to take their first punch because the Mavericks are going to be coming out with some force. And you expect that. But like at this point in time, yes, the Mavericks could shoot better, right? They could shoot better and change the complexion of a game. They won't shoot this badly the whole series. But also Steph and Clay won't either. Both of them won't start off so dang cold. And the fact that it was such a blowout in the fourth quarter and Steph didn't even have to come back in at his usual six-minute mark, then that's even better. You just ice him down and get him ready for game two. I will be very curious to see what kind of adjustments Jason Kidd makes. Seeing these teams on the floor together right now, it's clear that the Warriors have more big-name talent and just more overall pure talent. But the system and the way that the Mavericks play, like obviously it depends so much on the other guys hitting shots. And if they're not hitting shots, then there's really not much that they can do to stop the Warriors or at least keep up with them. We'll see. I mean, it could be one of the situations where, hey, the Mavericks all of a sudden they shoot like 50% from three and then the Warriors go cold for a whole game. We've seen that before, right? So before we get ahead of ourselves... Just like in game four of the Grizzlies series, like when they blew out the Grizzlies, it's just one game. You can't take those extra 30 points that you blew them out by and spread it around, right? This game is a 25-point game. That counts just for one game. So it really, really is about making sure that the team is focused, the new guys are focused, and all that stuff. You know, talking about the three priorities I always mentioned during the regular season, health, playoff positioning, and making sure that the young guys and the new guys to the team are prepared for the moment. You think about it, right? Health, hey, obviously Andre Godala is out still, and Gary Payton II is still out. Beyond that, the Warriors' main guys are looking pretty pretty healthy, which is great. I'm sure they have some like aches and pains, but no major issues to be reported, and that's a big deal, especially against a younger team. But, you know, you talk about playoff positioning, it's like, hey, like health is the most important thing. And part of the reason why they're probably extra healthy is because like technically Steph got a month off, at least his legs did for the last part of the season. And then Draymond had a three month break. So in terms of playoff positioning, yeah, they weren't going to fight and scrape for the number two or the number one seed, but they did enough to land at number three and they have home court advantage 
over the rest of the remaining teams. So that's good. And then in terms of the others being ready, I mean, we've seen it. Talked about playoff Wiggins and Jordan Poole, again, always prepared for the moment and what his role is. And then see veterans like Otto Porter Jr. who haven't been this deep into the playoffs and seeing him go 23 minutes, five for seven, six boards, one steal, one assist, 10 points. That's big. That's big. All things are pointing in a positive direction. And again, like looking at these teams, not knowing what the hyped up Mavericks who seem to be peaking and they beat the number one team in the NBA and then the Warriors who had struggled with the Grizzlies, what it would look like when those two forces came together. And whew, this is what I'd hoped for, right? A Warriors team that just had that veteran presence, that knew how to just go for the kill and knew how to overwhelm a younger team that was coming off a long series. So we'll see what they do in the second game, but you got to feel good about this showing and, uh, you know, we'll take it, uh, we'll take it from there. It's also good to see after a couple of years of the Warriors not being in the playoffs, like during the main dynasty years, right? We always saw the same teams, whether it was the Rockets or the Cavs. It's really refreshing to see like these new younger teams <laughs> coming for the crown, you know, and these new challenges that are presented, right? Luka Doncic and whomever comes out of the East, if the Warriors are fortunate to make it to the finals, because it's like, oh, wow, there's a whole new perspective and a whole new storyline. It's kind of crazy, right? But I will say that watching these Mavericks, I know they didn't play their best game. I know that they can play much better, but these Mavericks, man, Luka Doncic is better <laughs> than James Harden ever was, but the supporting cast, it's like, they're not as good as the Houston Rockets supporting cast ever was. You know, they still have some solid dudes who are making names for themselves and probably punching above their weight. But as long as the Warriors play their game and they play well, limit turnovers and come out with energy, that is the team that I think could win in five. My prediction is still six because the Warriors haven't proven to me that they can do that day in, day out. And they're almost guaranteed to have like a stinker or two. But if they can play this game... I think they can continue to control this series, basically. If the Mavericks had shot better, yeah, it affects like how the game plays out in terms of strategy and rhythm and pace and all that stuff. But even if they'd shot better and then you throw in like Clay and Steph shooting a little bit better in the first half, then I think the gap narrows, but I still think the Warriors are clearly the better team. That's just me. We'll see how it goes in game two and uh, see you Friday. That's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Lupino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Also check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Oakland Warriors podcast. It's produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. <laughs>